Welcome to Solation with Sharon Maureen on Lift Your Spirits Radio. I'll be your host every third Friday of the month on 1150 KKNW Seattle. Inspiring you, you, one more time, one more drink (laughs) of coffee, inspiring you to thrive from the inside out. I knew I should have finished that coffee That's this morning. That's quite all right. You know, you got it out now, so it's yeah. going to be smooth for the rest of the way, I, right? I feel that Missourian accent come back. <laughs> Y'all, thanks for joining me. Help that you thrive from the inside out. That'll make wild for a Friday, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very, very, very happy to be here, as always, to see your beautiful, smiling face, and you're always such a willing uh, soul to help us. Oh, thank uh, you. You're present and yeah. I mm-hmm. and I have an incredible guest we do. today, and uh, she's no stranger to the radio. She has a radio show of her own. She has a beautiful podcast, and my beautiful soul sister sitting with me today is Brenda Reese. And I want to thank you so much. And I want to tell the audience how I got to know you. I was telling you before we started that one of the reasons. Um, I do this is to bring people on that I love, that I've learned from, and then I want that information to get out to the people that I love out in the audience. So I met Brenda at what is the Illuminating Women meeting, and we were meeting in Issaquah, and there was this vibrant, smiling, soulful woman, and I was immediately attracted to you. I didn't know what you did. And then when I found out, I began to feel this niggle in my soul, like, oh, Sharon, this is your next level of work. Mm. And I got to hear you speak several times with Illuminating Women. And then I actually got the opportunity of working with you in one of your group coaching and then privately. And it was a, a catalyst, a turning point into uh, greater freedom, greater solation, as I like to call mm-hmm. it. And I owe a great... But he's a lot of gratitude to you. So thank you so much, Brenda. Thank you. And I'd just like to jump right in. And you have so much richness to share. And I want you just to start telling us about forgiveness work. <laughs> now, that's a heck of a loaded word, right? It is. And so many connotations come along with forgiveness work. Uh, there's this religious wrapping. There's this ethereal. This There's a trigger like... I will never forgive that person, that type of thought. Mm-hmm. So just begin to tell us a little bit about what it means to you to forgive or what is forgiveness work? So I didn't know I needed forgiveness, Sharon. You know, when I started this, it what I say is it found me, mm-hmm. right? So it was, I want to tell a little bit of a story about how I got here, and then I'm so excited to talk with you as we've had some very rich conversations ourselves about forgiveness, especially in our personal lives, right? And one thing I just want to interrupt really quick um, is that one thing I think the audience will appreciate, and I appreciate, is the fact you're going to share your story. It's very vulnerable. It's very vulnerable to share where you've come from, how you've You've risen above, and now you're boldly sharing. So I really honor you in that. That's not easy. Thank you. So go for it, girlfriend. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, my background was in corporate. And after 30 years in corporate, I came to a place where I thought I had achieved my ultimate dream position, right? I thought that I had had it all, and I made it. And what I found was that I was more unhappy than ever. 
it was interesting to find this upper management that I was working with was never happy with what I did. I worked harder and found myself in a position of my body breaking down. Yet I felt I needed to continue to work harder. I know you can relate. I was in my late 40s, and, and I had recently single after going through a very tough divorce. And a couple things happened to make me look at my situation differently. One was that I found I was in adrenal fatigue. And then I started having ocular migraines, and I didn't get headaches. And then my back started having issues. So I ended up with a back fusion, a neck fusion, and a brain tumor, and which that got me out of corporate. So the second thing that I was that happened to me was I was contacted by the FBI to say that I was looking at seven to 10 years of prison because out of my, my codependency with that ex, I had signed papers that I didn't know were illegal. And luckily I didn't know it at the time, yet I still was interrogated through a two-year process until my ex finally ended up agreeing and going to prison and not me. Now I had started to ask the universe for guidance, right? because that wasn't just my first divorce, that was my third divorce, right? So I'm kind of an expert in that area. And probably an expert in <laughs> self-forgiveness, and we'll talk absolutely. about that later, right? Lou, absolutely, so I didn't, I couldn't go back to corporate, right? I couldn't do it, so I knew to ask the universe for help, because through that divorce, though, it kind of got me to a place of going, oh, what else is out there? I need some other guidance. So that's when I started to tap in. I hadn't really tapped into that spiritual part of me, into that soul part of me, into that part of me until then. Kind of my wake-up call, as I call it. And so I had not planned on being an entrepreneur, right, at all. And I thought I was just going to stay in my box of corporate forever. But what happened was the universe showed me forgiveness. And it was when we were, I was looking, I got a, I got a reading from someone uh, which I had never done before, you know, psychic reading. And she's like, I see you in Mount Shasta. And I'm like, where's that? <laughs> what is that? What? And she's like, you need to go. And I went, okay. You know, and it was, you know, Northern California. And so we headed there and, and or I got the information to go there. And in the back of this pamphlet, I saw a little picture and you'll get this. I saw a little picture of a woman and I went, I have to know her. Just like you and I met, we both looked at you and went, I need to know you. Yes. And, um, and then I called and, it, you know, she's like, I do forgiveness coaching. And I don't know what that is, but I need to know. Mm-hmm. So that started me on my journey because she found a pattern that was going on in my life that no one, after years of therapy and different modalities that I'd done, had not gotten to, which gave me some freedom in my body, started to help me connect to myself and my soul and my heart which is what self-forgiveness is about. And then I was able to go, I don't know if everybody knows about this, but I need to help. And so that's when I started on the path of doing the two-year training for the forgiveness process that I was introduced to, and then also just to do my own forgiveness healing. That's beautiful, Brenda. And we are going to dig into that process um, later on in the show. But you said something interesting that may have sparked some intrigue, uh, maybe even a trigger, because many times forgiveness is associated with Christianity, being forgiven by Jesus, you know, repenting in certain religions. You go into the, you know, you go into the cubicle, you know, Father, forgive me, (laughs) you know, and then 
in in my upbringing, like you could live like hell on a Friday and be redeemed on Sunday <laughs> if you got a blessing from the priest. And I was always so thankful for that because there's su- there was such a relief in right. knowing that somehow I was absolved of my my thoughts and my actions. So you mentioned that you had a reading. Well, that's not typical of someone that's see- seeking. That's more of a new... It's, it's ancient, but it's getting mm-hmm. more uh, accepted. And it's intriguing to me because it's not really woo-woo. Your heart was intent on making a shift. Yeah. You were seeking. And so it was just in alignment. Somebody drew a card, laid it out, and it was already brewing in the back of your mind. The, the divine was already working. So just in case anybody's thinking... What do you mean you had, you drew a card and you, and you went to Mount Shasta? Yeah. It, it all is kind of magical and scientific at the same time. So I just wanted to point that out that I use cards a lot. And from my framework, um, that wasn't really acceptable. You, you listened, you only got your information either from another source. Mm, outside of yourself. Outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, that's intriguing. Do you remember what the card said? Well, yeah. Well, she drew several cards. Okay. And and plus she was just going with her intuitive self, the messages that she was receiving mm-hmm. through her heart. And and there's also, you know, there's also neuroscience backing that now too about the messages that we receive from our own self. And so she drew the card and the card was, the first card was stuck in the mud. <laughs> Second card, because that's where I had been, right? Mm-hmm. The second card was opening to the center. And then the third card was new beginnings. Beautiful. Yeah. And it was like, wow. So it was kind of past, present, future. And the way that I, you know, that's how if you do oracle cards at all or do the different cards, a lot of them will do a three card reading, which is fascinating to me because whenever I do it, they are so right on. It's like, how did they know that? But it's me. <laughs> Exactly. It's, it, it found that spark that was already there. Yeah. So we have the past, the present, and the future. And you went to Mount Shasta. You mm-hmm. met this woman on the back of a card <laughs> <laughs> or a pamphlet, and you worked with her. Mm-hmm. Tell me what shifts you began to notice in your body. And we'll get into the technicalities of the actual work. But talk to me a little bit about what you noticed in your body as you began to really do the forgiveness work there was a thanks for saying that because there was a shift because I was as I learned through this process now this isn't like an overnight thing Mm -hmm. as I learned through the process that I was getting my lessons through the body right my body was trying to get my attention and the body is is a whole entity unto itself right gives us messages tells us a tumor is a big message a tumor (laughs) is a huge message right and also my back and my neck right I'm fused on both ends and it was like, wow. And they're going, well, I don't know what happened here. Stress related. But what I learned was a lot of fear. I lived, a, I had a lot of fear in my life of making the wrong decision, doing the right thing based on my beliefs, right? Based on the patterns that I'd learned when I was young. And also the anger that my body was holding. I was so tight. And as I worked with her doing the breathing, you know, especially, and just being able to be, learn to be comfortable in my body, Because a lot of us, when we've gone through any kind of situations in our younger years, trauma, whatever we want to call it, we disconnect. I was living my life from my head. 
And as I learned, so that might be a little strange for some people, but I think some people will relate to this. It's like, we can't trust the body. And so what I started to learn was it's okay to be in this body and that I started to feel more like my stomach relaxed, my back relaxed, my shoulders especially. And that was really crazy because, you know, my definition of forgiveness is to untie the knot. Oh, I love that. And yeah, and I learned that because that's what I started noticing in my body. Because, you know, you get that gut reaction. If somebody's wronged you or you feel you've wronged somebody, where do you feel it? Some people feel it in the shoulders, stomach, especially. It's a knot. It's just like it just like grabs you. And what I started what, to realize was, oh, I had less pain. And I, had, I was able to be more connected. Connected. And when you're more connected, what are the results? So when I'm more connected, I have more peace. I have ability to be more creative. I'm not stuck in a black or white thinking. I can actually expand. I started to laugh a little more. I wasn't. I was too responsible. And I, you know, people would tell me, oh, my gosh, you're laughing. It's like, oh, I am. I mean, it was an amazing shift, the feeling inside. It was like a freedom. Beautiful. And you say laughing. It's important to laugh at ourselves and not take <laughs> ourselves so serious. Isn't yes, that correct? That is so correct. And accept our, our humanness and our this journey. Mm -hmm. And I know in my own life, it was important to me to do it right. Yeah. And as you now I'm moving into my 60s, and there's a lot that... Uh, has not been right, quote unquote. Right. But then there's a proverb that who's to say what's right or wrong. Yeah. So I love to take like a timeline and and just put the events uh, out sometimes just to re remember that even the good, bad, and the ugly weave together for the ultimate experience and my impact in the world. And I know that's your case. Is all of the menagerie of things that caused you heartache and ultimately led to this um, experience in your body was a true gift mm -hmm. and it's now why you're so impactful you're it's you you you're an angel <laughs> that went through uh, yeah. very dark places uh, your emblem has a phoenix rising yes. up i love that so rising up out of the ashes how does uh your work as just before the break, just in a summary, how does your forgiveness work differ from that say just, oh, come on, just forgive them and move on. Oh, come on, just confess it and get over with it. Oh, you just got to forgive them. That's what the Bible tells you to do. <laughs> you know? yeah. So in, in a brief summary, how does yeah. your work differ? So the work differs in the sense that what we want to keep in mind is when you practice forgiveness, you feel like it's a betrayal, like you just said, of your own hurt and your pain. You don't want to give other people the gift of forgiveness because they've wronged you. Mm -hmm. But it's not about giving that person anything. Mm -hmm. It's about giving them the freedom of knowing you. You, you know, you are no longer tied and shackled to the stories of the past. Mm -hmm. That's what the forgiveness process I teach does. It, it acknowledges that, that those, like you just said, they have occurred, the good, the bad, the ugly, but it also frees you from the anger and resentment and inability to move forward in your life. Forgiveness is not about changing the past. It's about shifting our perception around what happened 
so that you can be present and create the future you desire. Remember, it's about untying the knot. That's incredible. Well, Brenda, I'm looking forward to talking more with you after the break. And you're listening to Solation with Sharon Marie on Lift Your Spirits Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The 2023 Northwest Green Home Tour is back to in-person home tours on April 29th, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. The Northwest Green Home Tour provides an opportunity for members of the community to learn about a full spectrum of sustainable building practices from the people and businesses that support it. Get inspired by projects in all shades of light to deep green, from backyard cottages and kitchen remodels to new homes built with cutting-edge green features. You'll see and learn firsthand how your neighbors are generating their own electricity with solar panels, lowering their energy bills with insulation, creative solutions to keeping footprints as small as possible, and creating a healthier home environment for their families. Learn from the experts and really understand what makes it green on this educational tour. Together, we can build a better future. Plan ahead and get your free tickets today at nwgreenhometour.org. That's nwgreenhometour.org. Hope to see you there. Life is full of challenges and change, including menopause. Been there, done that, and be assured you can thrive, not just survive. Hemp Lily Wellness products can give you the support you need. Imagine sleeping better. I know I sure am. I'm also feeling more at ease throughout my day. Want to reduce those unpredictable sweats? It is possible. How about your youthful skin or relief from discomfort in your body? Hemp Lily is your ally. Hemp Lily offers free consultations and a 100% money back guarantee. Go to hemplily.com, use code RELIEF at checkout for 25% off your entire order. Visit hemplily.com today. Lift your spirits with me, Dina Marie, on Whidbey Island. I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. Retreats include a healing session for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You'll receive a Reiki session plus a chakra reading, experience a labyrinth in the woods, take a walk on the beach, and enjoy downtown Langley with me. Retreats are customized for you or a group of friends. You can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today. Island time is waiting for you. Talk radio that will get you thinking. Alternative Talk, 1150. Listening to Solation with Sharon Maureen on Lift Your Spirits Radio. And we have been talking with Brenda Reese, and she specializes in forgiveness work. And she was sharing some beautiful concepts about how unforgiveness and a lifestyle that's not serving you ends up manifesting itself in the body. She was saying that she ended up having some serious back issues and even a brain tumor and then she did a tarot reading and she ended up at Mount Shasta (laughs) discovering on the back of a pamphlet the forgiveness work and after two years of training became a forgiveness coach 
And Brenda, you've explained to us about forgiveness and, and why it's important. And I would like to talk to you a little bit more about self-forgiveness. It seems that one of the hardest things people struggle with is indeed forgiving themselves. I know in my coaching and hypnotherapy business, many come and they have shame about their choices. Uh, they find it hard to find grace for themselves. And I think this is especially true when our choices have caused negative consequences for mm -hmm. other people. Share with us how you found grace and forgiveness for yourself. As you said, you when you had this reading, you were on your third marriage or gone through your third divorce. I mean, there must be some shame with that. And what kind of impact did that have on your family? And how did you finally find the courage to make a choice Talk to us a little bit more about your journey of forgiveness for yourself through mm -hmm. the choices that you made. Thank you for sharing that because self-forgiveness is the hardest. Mm -hmm. We aren't taught, and this is what you know I've learned and experienced myself, we are not taught to have self-compassion or even self-acceptance. And my work is all around self-forgiveness and self-acceptance mm -hmm. because of the fact that I never learned and I lived that life of fear and anger like we talked about earlier because of that. <clears throat> because we're taught to hold it all inside. It's my fault, right? You just need to forgive. Just forgive the other person whether you feel hurt or not. And then we internalize the whole thing and we make us a bad person. So learning the difference of like guilt and shame, they go hand in hand. I was carrying a lot of guilt and shame for who I thought I was. Guilt is, you know, feeling bad for something I've done. Shame is feeling bad for who I am. And I was never enough. I always had to work hard. I always needed to try hard to get love, and I'm not worthy. I spent my life doing that. Then you go in, you know, globally. If you look around, right, they feed that. Well, you need this product to look better. You need this to lose weight. You need this. So we are in a culture of not being good enough ever. Then you add on top of that our personal experiences. And so going through my third divorce was like the hardest. It was the biggest two by four I've ever experienced because I kind of missed the smaller ones up to that point. <laughs> they were only two by twos before. They were only two by twos because this one was a biggie. And it was like, and but it was something that I needed in the sense of to help me to realize that I'm the one I've been waiting for, that no one outside of me is going to give me the validation that I needed. And because that has to come from inside. And so learning that, which was a little hard because I almost wanted to die when I was realizing I needed to leave this relationship, seriously. And it was, I just, I couldn't imagine myself without him. And so that was, you know, it's, it's codependence, but it's also what they call a love addiction, which is codependence on steroids. So my heart, my body hurt when thinking about the fact of leaving. Mm -hmm. The other piece of this is learning about the self-forgiveness is I help people. We start outside of ourselves because when we jump to self-forgiveness, okay, so in my head is a judge, the jury, the defense attorney, the prosecutor, the victim, and the witness. <laughs> I got them all in there. Mm -hmm. And so, and they all want to speak. I mean, I don't know about you, but I got voices in my head that tell me all sorts of stuff, right? Especially not so good stuff. They don't look at me and go, oh, you're beautiful. I have to train myself to do that. 
So when, I, when we start outside of ourselves, we see that other people and relationships are a mirror for us. They reflect for us things that we've denied, repressed, and rejected about ourselves. Some of it we know, some of it we don't know, and we need that mirror to reflect it. If we can open ourselves up to seeing relationships for growth and healing instead of for fixing us because we're broken, it, is, it shifts the perception around what happens with us. And that makes the difference. You asked me earlier, what's the difference in the forgiveness work that I teach? Mm-hmm. In the radical forgiveness world, that's what we do. We look at it differently. We look at it from a different perspective so that we can pull it inside and go, oh, and not beat ourselves up over it, over the decisions and the choices we've made or the things that have happened to us because we've been victimized. But do we have to stay a victim? No, we have a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. And learning that made it, now that wasn't an overnight discovery, right? But learning that forgiveness is a choice that helps me bring back my power instead of giving it to somebody else. Because the more angry you are at someone, that you're giving them all your energy. You're giving them everything. They're taking up space in your head rent-free. And we want that space for us because that's not the place you want to make your decisions and choices from out of hatred or anger. You want to bring it back in to where you can go, oh, I need to love all parts of me. I need to love that girl, that little girl that was abused when she was younger, right, in my case. I need to, I need to forgive the girl who got into drugs and alcohol, right, and I'm, you know, 20 years sober today. I need, I get to, I started to just, like you mentioned, a timeline. When we can do that timeline and we can see these things that we've done in our lives, we can start to love those parts of us and bring them into the now, like we would our children or nieces and nephews, right, or grandchildren, and just love them and learn to go, I'm okay. And that's powerful. Very powerful. And talk to me a little bit about forgiveness and yet viewing the consequences. How can we forgive when there's obvious consequences of choices that we've made that may have caused perceived harm to other people. So consequences in the sense of... Well, that's, give an example. Let's say um, I'm an alcoholic, I get sober, but I was not a very good mom during that Mm -hmm. time of my alcoholism. And now I want to move forward. I'm sober and I want to live a happy, self-forgiving life, yet my children are pissed off. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, there are consequences to our actions, and so thanks for bringing that up. Because what we want to take a look at is the only thing that we can control is ourselves, right? The thing about us is that a lot of people think we're selfish when we're doing drugs and alcohol. A lot of people think we're selfish when we're making certain decisions, and sometimes, yes, it can seem that way. But when we look at it in the sense of there's woundedness underneath it, and we are trying to like salve on top of that, right? That's what we do with the alcohol. So getting sober is the number one priority or being able to do your inner work if it's if they don't have a problem with drugs and alcohol. And then the next step is doing your own work. Then you make amends. So yes, there are consequences. If I am, you know, if I'm driving drunk and I hit somebody or I hit another person in a car or whatever, I get to you know, go through going to jail or getting a DUI or whatever that is and making amends. The thing about this is, is that when there is 
healthy guilt, meaning I've done something wrong to you, then there are, th- there are steps that I can take to help that. I don't have to hold on to it so that it destroys me. I can actually take steps to heal this relationship or heal what I've done to the best of my ability. I am not in control of somebody else's experience. If the children are going to stay angry, I would encourage them to get help and get, you know, work on their own because that's a wound of theirs. But if the parent is true and really wants to create a, a good relationship with the kids and truly feels remorse over what they've done, then there are steps that can be taken in the sense of, okay, I'm going to approach you. I'm not going to just say I'm sorry because I've been doing that for 10 years, right, as I continue to drink and cause damage and not show up for you. But what I can do is I can do a living amends. I can now show up for you when I say I'm going to show up. And then I need to zip my lip and let them say what needs to be said. Do my own inner work separate from them, not blame them. And it's a different kind of an apology. Living amends is powerful. And that's what I had to do with my girls. I got to do living amends. I got to show up for them like I'd never shown up for them before and to where I do have a good relationship. Now, some relationships will not go forward. Some kids will stay angry. Some people will not do the healing that it takes. And so the consequences live with them and it eats at them and it causes that dis-ease in the body and in the mind and in the spirit. And that, that's sad. But there are ways that we can admit that we've done wrong. Looking at whether our guilt is healthy or unhealthy guilt. Because sometimes it's if we haven't done anything wrong, right, that's an unhealthy guilt that we carry. And then we get to work on our shame so that we can be able to face ourselves in the mirror. Because if I can't face myself in the mirror first and look myself in the eye, then I can't do that with anybody else. And then it's not a healthy apology or a healthy amends. Does that make sense? It makes a great sense. It's interesting as I hear part of the forgiveness work in in my own life, it, it's a release in my own heart. I I make restitution as much as I possibly can and within reason without groveling Correct. in that that shame and and then when we begin to grovel and stay in a place of shame, we are living in a place, it seems to me, that we're constantly giving away our power. Mm-hmm. And that can actually be the fuel for the other person's resent for resentment and anger. It, it's, it's such a weird thing. You try to work with someone, and the more you grovel, the more they just feel that control over you because they can deflect. Mm-hmm. They can deflect their own work. Right. Do you see that in your practice? Absolutely. And this is something that goes on a lot, especially when people aren't willing to look at themselves. They're not willing to own what I call taking responsibility. So, you know, I teach an arc of forgiveness. So it's the awareness responsibility choice. And so once we become aware of what we've done, we can make amends, we can do restitution, we can do that. But again, we're not in charge of somebody else's experience. All we can do is do our own work show up as healthily and as loving as possible and give them the space that they need. The other thing is, is that the more that we do this, a lot of people will try to say, I'm sorry too soon. 
before they've done their own work. So they then are atta- feel attacked because the other person has deflected. You know, we see, I see that a lot in parent-child situations, adult children with the parents that are trying to get that love and attention. And it's like, honey, okay, we're grown up now. And so we get to love ourselves and love that part of us that wants that parental love, that external, right, validation. <clears throat> we get to work on that. And the more we work on that, then we can show up whole and complete. And what they say to us doesn't hurt us. We don't take it on. Mm-hmm. We're able to kind of hold up a mirror for them so that the energy goes back to them so that they can look at themselves or not. That's up to them. But then we have the tough choice. Do I stay in relationship or not, whether it's family or not? And like any toxic situation, any, any situation that is harmful, I su- always suggest really taking a look at that and going, is this healthy for me to be in, family or not? That's probably one of the biggest challenges. I was just talking to one of my daughters about that last night. When there's dynamics within a family, at least my conditioning and my thought was no matter what. Mm-hmm. But boy, it, it's really not true, at least in my own life. It's it it's about just being truly in alignment with my own soul. And if it means I have to even not be in communication with my family, mm-hmm. boy, that's a hard one. I have most recently, well, it's been two years on Mother's Day that I haven't been in relationship with my mother. And I don't, I miss her. But I, I just knew it w- was time. But I really wrestled with, she's my mother. and right. But it, it was a dynamic that I had to finally make the choice. And I know it's the right choice because I don't have, the, I do, I've done enough work. I don't have the angst. I don't have the guilt. I don't have the shoulds. And I don't even think if tomorrow she called me and said, I, I really need to talk to you, I would pick up the phone and I would receive that conversation with with grace and acceptance and stand in a place of power where I can now really say, you know, I hear you and I'm no longer willing to go there with you. Mm-hmm. But if I haven't done the work, I'm what? Reactive. You know, how dare you call me? You know, what you did and I, yeah, I forgive you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> that, right. that tone in your body, I can just feel it. But instead of like, I've done the forgiveness work, and I, and I know this relationship is no longer healthy for me. That's powerful. What you just said, Sharon, is very powerful. And, and a lot of people don't realize that, the abstinence piece. It's just like with, with alcohol or drugs, right? The first thing you do is separate yourself from it so that you can get clarity around the situation, no matter how long it takes. Like for you, two years to where now you get to this point, you say, I can do this now. And that's important for people to know is that we do, we sometimes we cannot heal in the midst of the relationship. We have to separate, even though it's hard, but we have to give ourselves the space and them the space to be able to realize where we're at and how we truly feel when we're not in that um, chaotic energy. Thank you for sharing that. And it definitely is a process. And I would encourage anyone who wants support to be reaching out because you're a master at this. And mm-hmm. it's it's not spiritual bypassing. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, kumbaya, que sera, sera. It's like, hey, if you're ready to really do some work, if you're really ready to understand forgiveness so that you can be set free and take your life to the next level, I encourage people to reach out to you at uh, brendareese.com. And we're going to be going 
to a break. And when we get back, we're going to go through the steps you of what it actually looks like. And, and you also offer a lot of beautiful free resources on your website. So be sure to check out brindareese.com. And thank you for joining us on Solation Radio with Sharon Marine. Lift your spirits. Don't go away. We'll return. Lift your spirits with us May 5th through the 7th in Cleelum, Washington. The Northwest Mind-Body-Spirit Connection is back and offering you a mountain wellness adventure. Have fun and connect with a supportive wellness community. Immerse yourself in the beauty of nature. Breathe the fresh mountain air while you experience activities and workshops designed to nourish your mind, your body, and your spirit. Saturday, May 6th, I'll be a keynote presenter with the Find Your Voice panel. Plus, be giving readings with other local healers and practitioners. Whether you need an escape from your hectic life or want to further your knowledge or consciousness, personal discovery and growth, the Northwest Mind, Body, Spirit Connection, Mountain Wellness Adventure has something for you. Bring a friend and make a weekend out of it. Visit nwmindbodyspirit.com for the schedule of events, speakers, instructors, and registration. That's nwmindbodyspirit.com. I hope to see you there. Hi, this is Eric Ryder, Operations Manager for 1150 AM KKNW. We value your opinion and invite you to 1150KKNW.com to fill out the 2023 KKNW Listener Survey. Your responses help us to shape KKNW to your listening needs. As an added incentive, when you fill out the survey, you'll have a chance to win an awesome prize. Complete contest details and your opportunity to help us shape this station can be found at 1150KKNW.com. Hello, my name is Sharon Maureen, the owner of Twin Peaks Nutrition and Wellness in North Bend, Washington. I am a life coach, mentor, and I am the creatrix of the Solation System, looking at nutrition, offering tools, techniques, and routines to help women thrive through challenges and change. I offer decades of expertise as an herbalist, fitness coach, and health enthusiast. I can customize a program uniquely for you, expanding your inner strength wisdom and resiliency through small daily commitments to yourself reach out to me today at sharonmarine.com lift your spirits with us every friday at 8 a.m to 9 a.m on 1150 a.m kknw seattle we will be introducing you to fascinating people fun places to visit and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits miss a show no worries, you can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet.
Welcome back to Solation with Sharon Marine on Lift Your Spirits Radio. This morning we are discussing forgiveness. <laughs> and joining me is Brenda Reese. Before the break, I was sharing about Brenda's website, and I want to clarify that it is Brenda Reese Coaching.com. And I'm going to say that again, BrendaReeseCoaching.com. I encourage you to visit that website, get on her mailing list, look at her free resources, listen to her podcasts, download her worksheets. You will have some great places to start. But I will also say there's nothing more profound and transformative than working with her in person. And I know from my own life and my own experience, that is very, very true. One of the resources that you have on your website, which I would like to discuss now if you're open to that, is what you call the five stages of radical forgiveness. Now, earlier you mentioned some of the work that's done, but let's just give the five stages and it'll bring to life the download that you have Mm -hmm. and go for it. Thank you. So, you know what? I Radical forgiveness has really changed how I looked at forgiveness. And it's not, it's not for the faint of heart um, because it gives a total different look at it. Like you, were, I, you did so beautifully earlier about the religious point of view, about how we, different cultures, have a different view on it and that you just forgive. I mean, that's basically how we learned. You just need to forgive regardless. You know, just feel sorry for the other person and just forgive. And that's not the case because there has been a wound. And so when I found this radical forgiveness process that had a process, I was stunned because it was like nobody ever said that there could be a process. So I do want to say, too, before I get into the five steps, that I have found that forgiveness and especially self-forgiveness is a daily experience. It's not a one and done. We are constantly doing things, making choices, living with other people, right? So there is always a forgiveness process, just like there's always like a grief process, right, that you and I have talked about in the past that, you know, we can go through in relationship or with just life itself. So forgiveness is something that we do daily. It's a choice that we make to forgive ourselves, to forgive others. There's, you know, the the little forgiveness, there's a bigger forgiveness, but it is a daily experience. So. And I appreciate that. And you said something about grief and forgiveness, mm-hmm. which that's a whole nother topic is when we lose a loved one, the grief, and it's just so normal to begin to feel regret and sadness and guilt, guilt mm-hmm. and shame and the grief process in and of itself is is a challenge and then you add the forgiveness piece and it could be even the partner passed on and you didn't really get to ask for forgiveness or let them know that they really caused some harm and hurt in your life and now they're gone what do you do with all that but that's mm-hmm. another conversation that Let's, is because the five stages you have to yes. share We'll probably have some crossover that could be applicable yeah. in that Yeah, we need to talk setting. about the grief and forgiveness because yes. that's something that's really, really I'm passionate about. So tell me about the first stage. Yes. So the stages, I'm going to tell you the stages first and then we'll go through them. Okay. The first one is telling the story. The second one is feeling your feelings. The third one is collapsing a story. 
The fourth one is reframing the story. And the fifth one is integrating the new story. Mm-hmm. Now, those sound simple. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> they sound simple. To a forgiveness coach. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're not easy. No, you're Kay. right. But the first thing, the most valuable thing, is telling your story. Being witnessed and validated. Having those parts of you that have not been able to share about it. Now, we've said this story a million times in our head. Some of us are even sick and tired of the story, but it's, it's in the loop, right? It's already in the loop, so we can't let it go. We don't know how. That's what Radical Forgiveness gave me was tools to be able to just kind of do a pattern interrupt, be able to stop this loop, and be able to look at it differently. But what I do with people is I get to, I listen intently for any beliefs and patterns, things that they're not, they don't, they're not even aware of. And that's what the forgiveness coach did for me. She found something, she found a number pattern in my story that was powerful that no one had ever found before. And so I, I listen for those things. And I also am there to just validate that, yes, those parts of you were wounded and hurt and victimized. And when this, there's something that happens in our own heart. There's something that happens in our soul when we are able to express when in a non-judging, you know, environment, so that we can feel heard. And that's what we need, right? To be heard and seen and understood. And that's what we offer with this story. And then the second step is feeling the feelings. Now this one is the hardest step because who's taught that? Mm-hmm. All right, everybody out there who's taught to feel your feelings, raise your hand, right? I mean, because we aren't. Very few people have been and have the grace, have been given the grace to go, honey, you're angry. Let's talk about that. Get it out. Here, go scream and yell, and then let's talk about it, right? So as an adult, I learned that I was really angry. And so, you know, well, it got me to blow up, like with my ex. Like when I finally left him, I was, I didn't even realize how angry I was. Now, he was angry. He was a very angry person, and I would do my best to make sure he was calm and everything was in its place and don't, you know, make any waves. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did that for 11 years. When I left, I moved to this little rundown apartment, right, the only thing I could afford, and I was putting together a press board desk, pretty thick desk, and I hit my thumb with a hammer. Oh. <laughs> all right, yeah. Everybody goes, ow, because we've all done that. Uh-huh. I went into a rage, raging angry. I mean, blackout almost kind of rage. And I ripped that desk apart. I kind of come to a few minutes later laughing and crying, going, what was that? And that's when I realized, oh, even though, yes, he's angry. He's got his own stuff. He was reflecting for me how angry I couldn't even see myself. So learning to have some really healthy ways to, <laughs> to handle this anger, like using a tennis racket on a bed or a couch or an ottoman, right? And being able to use stomp and scream and yell, throw a tantrum. We can do those things as adults. But learning how to feel the feelings is really is what takes the longest in this process. But it's also the best. It's the most rewarding because when we're able to connect, because we can't heal what we don't feel. We can't. That's a very powerful statement. And how many times have I said to myself, I shouldn't feel this way. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't Mm. feel this way. (laughs) Wow. And I know anger for women especially is probably the least acceptable, Mm -hmm. in my judgment, least Mm -hmm. acceptable emotion. You know, women need to be calm and, and they're the ones, the nurturers, they're the ones that keep, you know, life flowing and so when they have anger, what do we do? I, so I appreciate that. I mean, yes. get a tennis racket, 
scream yeah. into a pillow. Right. You know? Yeah. Throw, you know, throw yourself on the bed and give yourself a tantrum like our kids do on the floor, right? Or in the middle of the grocery store. <laughs> give ourselves the ability to move the energy in our bodies. And then the third, um, collapsing the story, is where kind of the forgiveness comes in in the sense of this is where the what we call traditional forgiveness, the forgiveness that maybe some of us have grown up with is walk in the other people's shoes for a while, have some empathy, understand where they're coming from. But this is where we separate. This is the difference in this step is separating the fact from interpretation. There is a fact. Data and perception. There you go. Data and perception. Because by interpretation and the perception is where my suffering comes from. The fact is, way back when, you know, it's like, so like my dad left when I was five. And he left for another family who had a daughter just like me. He never paid attention to me, but he paid attention to her right when we would go visit. And so, you know, the fact is, dad left. That's it. They got divorced. He left and moved in with another family. That's a fact. The interpretation I made up when I looked at them was, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I have to work hard to get love. I made that up and I carried that through my timeline. If you look at my timeline, that happened in every relationship. So that's what I made up about it. And I fed that story over and over again until I was finally able to go, whoa, I don't have that story today because I was able to create the awareness and the healing around it. So separating fact from interpretation moves us into being able to do the fourth stage, which is reframing. This is where we shift our perception, which changes our energy and brings the freedom and the peace into our bodies when we're willing to be willing to be willing <laughs> to look at our stories differently. And when I looked at this differently, now I did it a little kicking and screaming. I'm not saying it was easy. This step was also a challenge, but it gave me relief, Sharon. It gave me relief going, wait a minute. Maybe, just maybe, this happened for a reason. Maybe life isn't just, you know, chaotic and hectic and there's no reason for it. Maybe there was a purpose in what happened so that I could move forward and help other people. And one of the things I hear you saying, Brenda, is if you're going to tell a story, Tell a story that serves you for the long mm -hmm. haul, for the good, and not one that causes suffering. No. So that's what reframing can do. It's not, it's not about justification, rationalization, about any behavior, but reframing can change our perspective so that we don't suffer. Is that what I hear? I hear you saying absolutely, and that's what we can get to. And it takes a little bit, you know, to kind of shift our whole experience around it, but the tools of radical forgiveness is good. You know, it helps us with it. Then the fifth stage is what you just said, integrating the new story, giving a powerful, empowering story so that you can now choose how you want to move forward. And now your powerful story is impacting the world. You are speaking, you're coaching. And would you have ever thought walking out after your third marriage beating up a particle board desk <laughs> that you would be here with joy in your heart, a smile in your face, an impactful ministry, for lack of a better word, or uh, influence in the world. Would you have ever thought that, and yet here you are. Mm -hmm. And people can reach you at brendareesecoaching.com. I encourage you to check out her website, see where she's going to be speaking, see what services she offers and look at what resources she has. And I am just so thankful that you've joined us today on Solation Radio. 
And this is Sharon Maureen on Lift Your Spirits. And you can join me next month. And I always keep my guests secret, so be sure to check back in. Go to SharonMaureen.com to connect with me. I have a few life coaching opportunities for you where I help you thrive from the inside out in challenges and change. I also have a very unique opportunity, a backpacking retreat. You want to get out in nature. You want to have some life coaching on the trail. You want to stretch yourself just a little bit, yet be surrounded with like-minded women. Experience the love of yourself, the love of community, the love of nature. Reach out to me, and i love to tell you more about that. You can also come and visit me at my store, Twin Peaks Wellness Boutique in North Bend, Washington. You'll find quality supplements, eclectic gifts, stones, wellness services, and cosmetic tattooing, and so much more. You people are wonderful. I pray that you learn to love yourself more and more, that you forgive yourself and forgive others so that you can thrive from the inside out. Thank you.